And that's the reason why we engage in the scriptures all along. Would you advance? We engage in the scriptures which say God has made us specifically for a purpose, to be part of his kingdom, to follow Jesus. And that looks like the doing of good works, not for the sake of saving our souls. Because who took care of saving our souls? Jesus did, right? The good works are simply a part of the way the kingdom of God works. And these good works, the things that we're called to engage in to help others, to help the world and the environment, to help provide for people who can't provide for themselves, these are all parts of the way the kingdom of God operates and grows and works. And all of these good works, all of these bits and pieces were prepared in advance for us. Now think about your life for just a minute. Think about how your life works. Do you believe that your life was prepared in advance? Do you look at your life and look at yourself in the mirror and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your life was prepared by someone in advance? Because you may be tempted at times when you feel broken and in fact are broken in life, perhaps even by life, you may be tempted to believe that those works were not created in advance for you to do because of the season you're going through and the brokenness that you're experiencing. You may be tempted to believe that your life was always meant to be something else. That the life you're living now is perhaps futile in some way, form, or fashion. Well, the good news is this. God didn't make you broken. He didn't create you perfect so that he could shatter you or break you. He didn't do stuff to you to break the perfect you that he made in the first place. He knows that the world is broken and is in need of a church word, redemption. The world is broken and in need of healing. It's in need of fixing, of gathering, of rebirth. And the way that looks like, uh, what that looks like in our lives is we understand where the grace of God comes from and we understand the nature of the way he rebuilds us. Take a look at these verses again. If you're taking notes and you want to underline, these are some great phrases to underline. When it says in verse 8 that we've been saved, it is by grace we've been saved through faith, it's not from ourselves. That's what we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago. The good news of Jesus doesn't come from within. And the world may tell you that the power to heal and save yourself comes from within. It doesn't. It comes from outside of us. And in fact, that's part of the good news. So hang on. The next phrase to underline is not by works. We know that there is nothing we can do based on the testimony of scripture that's written here. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves through good works. Good works are not meant for that purpose. Taking care of other people, taking care of the environment and providing income for those who cannot is not a way to earn our way to God. We cannot earn our way there. It is by grace we have been saved. And this is a gift of God. And what's the purpose of that? Look at that last underlined phrase, so that no one can boast. Now, what does that mean? 
That means that you and I cannot claim responsibility for deciding to become followers of Jesus. That is not our MO. That's not our point. Our point is that God has saved us and this is a gift to us and we have no claim to the power of that salvation. God is the one who's responsible from beginning to end. What that means is in our brokenness, there's purpose. And here's what that looks like. This is why life is not futile for us. Would you mind advancing? This is what that looks like. There's a Japanese art called Kintsugi. Can you say that with me? Kintsugi. It's just fun to say. The T-S-U is su, like that. Kintsugi. Here's how the art works. They take a piece of broken pottery and they begin to re, but redesign or regather together the bits of broken pottery to re-envision how the original piece was created. And the next. And then they take a bunch of gold dust and mix it together with epoxy, which is glue. And next. And then they begin to fill in the cracks where the pieces of pottery would have fit together and used to fit together with this blend of gold dust and epoxy. And then next. And then a new creation is born. Now, this looks very similar to the original pottery uh, bowl that I showed you a few minutes ago, doesn't it? Except now, it's really pretty and broken. It's shattered and beautiful. It's busted and healed. And together, it's performing the purpose for which it was originally designed, isn't it? But now, it's a work of art. So the Japanese were sneaking up on a concept that the kingdom of God has known and taught from the very beginning. That we're going to be broken and shattered because we are broken and shattered from the beginning. And it's not that God made us broken and shattered. We were conceived that way. And we simply behaved the way we were conceived. But then Jesus came, saved us, gave us new birth, and created a new vision in us and through us. Kind of like what the Japanese were looking at in the art of Kintsugi. It was the idea of taking something broken and shattered and making it beautiful and even more purposeful. And next... What that does for us is it helps us to understand how the kingdom of God works through grace, grace and faith, through grace and faith. Here's what Kintsugi looks like in three essential parts. First of all, when they're getting ready to work with a piece of pottery that's shattered, they focus on the vision of what is possible. Now, maybe in your life, you've looked at your life before and said, you know what? It's impossible for me to heal. It's impossible for me to be whole again. But the kingdom of God changes that message and says you are beautiful. You are perfect. You are made well and for good works because of Jesus. And next, the next essential purpose 
in Kintsugi is to apply this golden epoxy. And remember, there are two parts to the golden epoxy. There's gold dust and then there's glue or epoxy. They're mixed together. If there's too much gold dust in the epoxy, then that glue can be too soft and the pieces of the new piece of pottery could fall apart. Or if there's too much glue and not enough gold, then that mix could cause the bowl to become brittle and shatter when it's simply placed on the table. So the mix of gold dust and epoxy has to be just right. For us, look back at the scripture that says we are saved by grace through faith. For us, the grace is there and we respond with faith. If there's too much grace there, if there's too much grace and not faith, then we become soft and can fall apart. If there's too much faith there and not enough grace or too much responsibility on you for behaving as a Christian and performing good works, then we can become brittle and shatter when we're placed in real life. See, God calls us into the perfect mix. He gives us grace and calls us to respond in faith. And these are perfectly balanced in the kingdom of God. We are challenged to respond with good works, but we understand that we're not here just to perform good works in order to earn God's favor. Amen? God has given us his favor through Jesus and calls us to good works because there's purpose in it, not because we're trying to earn something from God. And then one more. The Kintsugi artist re-engages each broken piece. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that Jesus died for me and rose again from the grave for me and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, for me. But I also know that he did that for you and that for me to try to walk in faith behind Jesus alone is futile. That is the part of life that becomes futile. For the kingdom of God was meant to be people walking together in faith. We are the broken pieces of pottery, of porcelain. We are the ones that he is binding together with grace and faith. Here's what that looks like. One more, please. Here's what that looks like. Jesus gathers together people through the church, through personal relationships with each other, that lead the way before people become fully educated and versed in the things of God. Now think about this. The thing that attracted you to Jesus was the people who God was using to bring you into the kingdom of God. The people who brought you into the kingdom of God were being used by God to bring you into the kingdom. That person who God used to bring you into the kingdom that person is now you. You are that person for someone else. Someone else is waiting for you to be that person for them. And what happens is, as we come into the kingdom of God, and as we understand how brokenness works, we understand that we're going to be broken, and that that was always a part of the plan in the first place. 
that God saved us for good works and to be a member of the kingdom, but we are all broken together. And all being broken together, this is what Jesus does, if you will. Jesus focuses on what is possible in you. He focuses on what can be done through your life. Not through the pastor's life, not through the small group leader's life, not through the children's person, the, not through the worship leader. Your life, our everyday lives. And next, Jesus then applies that golden epoxy. Grace upon grace upon grace. Every time we come back here, we hear the good news of Jesus and we receive his body and blood. And the good news of Jesus says this, no matter what your life has looked like over the past week, or in fact, no matter what your life has looked like since you were born, you are beautiful and you are holy and you are perfect because of what Jesus has done, not because of what you did or did not do. You are perfect. You are holy. You are purposeful. And then one more. And then he re-engages each broken piece of us. Every time we come back to the word, every time we sit together in group, every time we debrief. See, here's how that looks for us. And again, one more. Here's how that looks for us. Jesus is before all things, Colossians 1 says. And in him, all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Do you remember when we talked just a few minutes ago about no one boasting? About how no one can boast? When we are encountering the grace of God through faith? There's a reason for that. The reason for that is because Christ is called to be the supreme. He is called to be the one who's at the head. He is called to be the one to receive all the glory for our salvation. And as that happens, that is good news. Because the burden of salvation doesn't fall to you and me. The burden of salvation falls on Jesus. And that's what's perfect about this idea of being bound together for good works, which were prepared for us in advance to do. Now, in fact, this is why we do three strategic things here at South Naperville. And next, there are three strategic things, and I don't know if you guys know about this or not, but when we start meeting at 10 o'clock, the intended purpose of that 10 o'clock to 10.10, 10 minutes, the intended purpose of that time frame is for us to simply make small talk with each other. That's it. That's the only reason we have a countdown timer running at 10 o'clock. The purpose is for us to practice making small talk, making conversation with each other, so we can get to know each other, and so we can practice the art of conversation. And then a few minutes later, we take 10 more minutes and do what we call debrief. Debrief is where we circle up and we share two things what God's doing in our lives and what God's doing in the lives of others around us. That is intended to be practice in beginning to share spiritual conversation. So the beginning is practice in small talk. The second section debrief is practicing sharing spiritual conversation on a very basic level. What is God doing in my life and what's he doing in the lives of others? And then we also engage in small groups. Small groups happen off campus. 
They happen at different times during the week. That's intended to be an extension of what we do during the time of small talk and the time of debrief. Some of our small groups study scripture. Some of them do service projects together or perform music together. All of them study some form of scripture at some point so that we can hear from God. But the goal is to become purposeful in how we relate to each other and how we share conversation. Our conversation together is a part of our brokenness. Think about a time when you shared, either in small talk or in debrief or in small group, a time when you were broken in life. Maybe even that time is now. Maybe you were sharing a part of that experience in that setting. Maybe that experience was encouraging someone else who was feeling broken at the time or who maybe acknowledged their own brokenness in that moment. God may have been using you in that conversation to share and spread the kingdom of God. Maybe you do or don't realize how the brokenness of your life is meant to fit together with other people's brokenness to create something beautiful and perfect. That is the nature of brokenness and healing. And one more. So for us, what does that look like? For us, we simply, perfectly follow Jesus in this way. Have you ever wondered what it means to follow Jesus today? If Jesus was standing here in person and was walking in that direction, it would be easy for me to just simply follow him, right? How do we follow him now that his Holy Spirit is here and he is there with God the Father in heaven? This is how. This is how you follow Jesus. You engage the brokenness in your life in light of its purpose so that Christ can be supreme and can be the one who saves you, not from yourself, but because of what he has done. And in that brokenness, a beautiful thing is born. It's like we are all pieces of broken pottery. Somebody practiced kintsugi on us, applied grace to us through faith and bound us together, all of us, into something even prettier, more perfect, more purposeful, more useful in the kingdom of God. Have you ever thought about your life that way? Your life and its brokenness and its healing are perfect, purposeful, meaningful. There is no other life that God would have for you than that, the life he has for you in Jesus. So as we close out this series, my hope is, one more, my hope is that you see the foolishness of the kingdom of God in a new way as the way, the truth, and the life. And his name is Jesus. Would you bow your heads and pray with me as we close? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the foolishness of your kingdom. Thank you that the wisest wisdom of wise people is made foolish in the world and in the kingdom of God through Jesus. Thank you that Jesus has upended our lives so that now they make sense, so that my brokenness, which I am tempted to despair in and tempted to say life is futile because of, is now undone. Now I have a life that is perfect, mended, 
focused and purposeful in the kingdom of God. And that your power and that your supremacy, your lordship, your kingship has always been in charge and always been in control. I confess, God, that in moments of despair, I've forgotten how powerful you are. And I trust you now more than ever to go before me and lead me and guide me as I follow you in conversation that is purposeful, in meeting that is meaningful, meeting that is meaningful. Come now and work in our hearts, God, as we hear music and hear your word and receive your body and blood. In your name we pray and together we say, amen.